Welcome to the Voice of the Force, Temple Archives. This week, we are covering The High Republic, Volume 2, The Heart of the Drangir. The Heart my name is of Drangir. Yeah, it's stupid. And I'm joined by my... No, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You'd assume they had... Well, uh, yeah, yeah, the Heart yeah, of Drangir. And you're like, why not the Drangir? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I guess maybe I'm they're not supposed to have hearts. But... Yeah, my yeah. name's Dan. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I didn't mind this. It was actually pretty good. I enjoyed a lot of parts of this. It was good. The art is really well done, too. Cool, cool. And as for my opinion, and I'm joined by my second co-host today, Ed. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, God, this was... Eh, it, oh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. This, this was a comic? There yep. were images on paper with text and color and words. Although I will be honest, I, I didn't, I did like this at least more than some of the other stuff we've been doing. Yeah. Or some of the other yeah books that we've read lately. But uh, yeah, enough kind of rambling about. Ed, do you mind telling the listeners what this podcast is all about? Absolutely. So as you know, we're going over the heart of Drenger today. This is the High Republic volume two of the uh, of the High Republic Comic Con. Um, it is part of Star Wars canon. We will summarize the story for you. It will tell you how it relates to the rest of the stuff going on in the High Republic era. The discussions are going to be where it's at because there's going to be a few topics to bring up and I think a few necessary topics that have to be brought up. But mm -hmm. um, it's all High Republic timeline. This will take place before like any midnight fallen star. So basically everything before stuff with Starlight Beacon getting moved and all that. This is when Avar Chris is still a marshal of Starlight Beacon, so enjoy. Very much so. Uh, before we get into the books, Dan, if the listeners have any way they want to get in contact with us, any way, anything they want to say to us, in order to get in contact with us, can you let them know the various ways they can uh, talk to us? Sure. You can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com where you can find our Episode posts, contest information, shop, uh, about a section, contact us form, anything that you can look for for the podcast, all of it's there. All the links to the podcast platforms that we're on are all on the top part of the landing page. Uh, you can also email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. That's voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. You can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at voiceforcepod. That's at voiceforcepod. You can retweet and repost our new episode tweets, which is very much appreciated and does help with growing our listener base and more voices in the Voice of the Force. You can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to, uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you review us with a five-star and a comment, it does help push our podcast to the top part of the Star Wars search when you look on your podcast platform for people to find us. And if you subscribe or follow for free, you'll get the latest episode downloaded to your device as soon as it releases. And remember, listen to the outro to find out what we'll be covering in the next episode of Temple Archives. Thank you, Dan. And without further ado, let's get into the comic. As I said and then was corrected up top, this is the heart of Drangir, Star Wars The High Republic. For this issue, the author is Kevin Scott. The cover artist is Phil Noto. 
the artists for the book uh, for issues six and seven, and also issue 10, is George Hinty. And for issues eight and nine, the artist is Ario Anandito. Uh, the inker is Carl Story for, again, uh, issues six, seven, and 10. Uh, Mark Morales for issues eight to 10. Uh, Victor Olazaba for issues nine and 10. Sean Parsons for issue nine. And Mark Deering for issue nine. And we've also got the colorists, and they are Annalisa Leone for issues six to eight. Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg for issue nine and Carlos Lopez for issue 10. As always, if I've mispronounced anybody's name, I apologize for that. And the cover of the, you know, collected volume is uh, Keith Trennis once again. And we've got spoiler, Orla Gerani is back and they're both running down a cargo ramp with their lightsabers ignited. Um, I like this cover. It's again, it's a little bit generic. You know, we're not really seeing anything about what's happening in this book. Um, the one thing that really does stand out to me though, is we've talked about her a little bit, you know, cause she was in falling star and a couple of other, uh, th series, but Orla Jereni here, like if you look at her art, this is why I thought she was, a uh, 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 the whole time mm. because like falling star describes her as having light blue, white skin, which is like, okay, yeah. Umbaran, I guess. Yeah. But here it's like it's pure pale white. Like yeah. it's just yeah. It's like creamy white. Like it literally just looks like a Ratatakin. Like it looks like a Saj Ventress. Exactly. She blends into her robes, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it all just kind of it gives get, her the same kind of. We get some variation between the art styles in these in these issues, right? Yeah, so yeah. like there's a little bit of artist interpretation in this. But like when she has her hood up, you can easily see how she could be ghost lady. Though. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But like this, this is why I was like, yeah, right to talking clearly. And then when they were like Umbaran, I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know. It it looks nice. The one thing I do like is here we've got Keeve in full brown robes, and I think that her her shades of brown and green are what help this get out of the problem I had with Fallen Stars, and um, what was it, Mission to Danger. Mr. Disaster? Yeah, Mr. Disaster. Disaster. Yeah. Um, where everything kind of blended together. Here, because we've got Orla in all white and gold, contrasting with Keeve in the front with all these uh, browns and greens, that gives it a nice color contrast, I think. Mm. And that helps this cover pop a lot. And uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, those are basic. That basically sums up all my thoughts. Uh, anything you guys want to add in? Ed, anything yet? Not much more than that, honestly. It's just that. I'd love to see the practical use of Orla's sabers mm -hmm. because, like, do they flip down and become double-bladed? I think it's like, ray, like Dark Ray's lightsaber where, like, it flips down. Why? You picked, like, the worst person to use for an example of that. Who, who I was else say has it? Temple, gu temple guards. Oh, I guess so. You're These right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot they were a thing. Yeah. They're in Rebels only, I think, aren't they? Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, when, they are. When uh, Anakin's fighting uh, Barriss. Yes, slowly. I forgot about that part. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also when they're leading Ahsoka in and out of the hearings, I think. That is true. That is true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, Trying to and, deflect uh, my bolt quick... and he just goes right through the center. Of yeah, I know, right? I feel stupid. <laughs> a quick thing with uh, this cover. I really love what they did with the High Republic comic volumes is that they have this like white speckled border around the outside to frame in mm. the picture. And then they also put the, the High Republic like... Um, 
uh, line work, I guess, around the outside to make it almost look like it reminds me of a Jedi holocron, the line work on the outside to frame it in. Mm. And I don't know, it just looks really uh, aesthetically pleasing in that way. Um, there's yeah. also the, just like the they do a thing where they they sorry uh, go ahead you off there go ahead they they do a thing where they're spacing it they're fl- they're kind of flipping out the lines every once in a while and yeah that makes it kind of have more of a of a Star Wars card look because you know Star Wars um you know Pazoc decks or anything like that mm-hmm. most of the time it, it's not yeah it's not just a perfect square or rectangle it's got little embellishments on it that make it look more sci-fi right so yeah that that part I think is where you're you're drawing that kind of holocrony look from. Yeah, and I think the the composition, like this is like an issue uh, cover, right? This is what mm. the, the picture is from. I just like that they're like rushing towards the, the action and like the action is where we are, the audience. Mm. Um, the, um, the ship kind of having that dark background and then like kind of integrating that with, you know, Jereni's like really light mm. white robes with the gold highlights and then... Um, Eve's uh, dark robes as well. I just thought it was really good. I noticed they both have double bladed lightsabers, which is interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I forgot that was a thing. I always thought she had a single bladed, but she does have a double bladed. Eve. Yeah, I always forget oh, that she has a double bladed. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, my thoughts on the cover. Alrighty. Well, with that wrapped up, we'll head into the synopsis proper. We're going to try something a little bit different this week where I'm going to try and cut down the synopsis a lot. So we're just going to kind of blaze through what happens and you know we'll talk more in detail afterwards but as always before we jump into the synopsis this is your spoiler warning from here on out you know when i do the synopsis when we do the discussion we're going to be talking as if you've read it if you haven't i'd recommend stopping here going and reading the comic and then coming back but uh yeah if you are sticking around you are going to get a lot of spoilers from this point onwards but with that being said let's head into our synopsis so Heart of the Dragon Gear basically gets split into two different stories because volumes uh, six to eight cover one story and then nine to ten is kind of starting into a new one. So six to eight is covering where we kind of left off last time, right? We're dealing with the Dragon Gear. Uh, Avar Chris is trying to uh, keep her alliance with the Huts as they try to fight the onslaught of Dragon Gear that are taking over planets in the Outer Rim. It's a hard fight. It's not really going that well, especially because Avar is constantly fighting with Stellan Geos and the rest of the council trying to get more Jedi and supplies and just people out to the Outer Rim to try and help her. As this whole thing's going on, we've also got Keeve, who has been basically at Starlight Beacon this entire time, watching over Master Skier, who is still trying, kind of fighting the Drangir infestation in his mind. And things kind of come to a head when they... Uh, Avar Chris puts out an order to scramble every Jedi on Starlight Beacon to help her uh, fight the Drangir. As that happens, Keith kind of has a little bit of a mental breakdown. It's like, no, I can, uh, I'm can. i going to try to help Skier. Now that everybody's gone, this is my time to shine. And so she turns off the stasis field that's holding him in place, runs up to Skier to try and help him, and then he shoots uh, Drangir tendrils into her. Um, so she gets pulled into the kind of Drangir mind space that Skier's trapped in. And it, they basically kind of find like, oh, uh, you know, it, now that we're in here, we can track the great progenitor or like the, the queen drain gear and, and try to figure out what the root of this problem is. And it goes well right up until they find the progenitor. And then the progenitor starts just obliterate, like just starts, well, well impales Keeve, uh, mind Keeve, I guess, but just is not going to 
you know, it's not going well. They're both Keeve and Skier are in big trouble. But through the force, um, Estalomaru and uh, Orbelin both here and come in to help get the Jedi out of their kind of force vision thing. And with that, um, <laughs> Keeve kind of, once, once they come out of it, Keeve realizes that she scratched a name onto her grieve and that made me laugh out loud for about five minutes straight because I, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just a media Jojo reference as soon as I saw that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but it works. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. Also, Lally -ho! <laughs> and that is the, Jojo. Uh, combination of the Jojo references, Death 13, uh, that I will say. Oh my God. But yeah, so with that carved into her arm, they're able to find out that it's this uh, forgotten system called, it's like Mira or something. Uh, um, Meluna? Yeah, something like that. It's, it has an M and a U, and that's all I remembered. Um, but they basically find, like, oh, it's in, it's in Forbidden Wild Space. Uh, right on the edges, though, conveniently, so we can still reach it. Yeah. Um, and then the next issue, you know, then from there, they, they have this massive assault on the drink your home world as Avar Chris is still begging for Jedi to come and help. And Stone's like, no, but the Republic fair is important. Um, it's a thing. So anyways, instead the heart, the huts help out and, oh, and they've even got a line where we'll talk about it afterwards, but Stone's even like, Oh, why are the huts helping? It's like, well, because you're not fucking sending anybody. Um, so they fight the drink your hordes. And uh, as that's happening, Mulita. I just looked it up. Mulita. Okay. It sounds like a person's name. But anyways, as that's kind of happening, uh, Keeve's having her own little freak out. And it's basically just like the, the primogenitor's fucking with her head. And she's able to kind of come out of it because she's seeing this like ghost woman. And it turns out to be Orla, who she runs into as she's trying to, to reach the rest of the Jedi. And uh, she kind of brings Orla up to speed. And then Orla kind of gives her some help with how to kind of get the progenitor out of her head. And the fight kind of reaches its apex as Orla and Keeve arrive with Skier, Tarek, Sarek, Avar, every Jedi that we basically have heard of at this point. And as they fight their way to the progenitor, they realize that the progenitor has, um, I'm going to avoid all the jokes I was going to make, has uh, captured Chris and is basically able to use her force powers now because he's got a, it, she's got a tentacle wrapped around Avar. But anyway, so she does that and is like, haha, now I can use the force. You're all fucked. The Dark Lords that came before you are also screwed. And I don't know why they decided to have a conversation there, but um, Skier's like, the Dark Ones, and Key's like, Key's like, yes, let me give you a rundown of the Sith. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, through that force bond that the Drengir primogenitor is using through Avar Chris, all the other Jedi are able to then bolster Avar's own force powers because uh, the primogenitor was like, haha, she's using battle meditation to help all you guys, so when I use her, you'll all get fucked. And uh, Keeve's like, no, we can all just channel the battle med meditation in, back into Cr Avar Chris, and she can then use it to escape. So they're able to defeat, quotes, the Drengir, the Drengir primogenitor, and they do that by putting it in a stasis field, and for some reason the hut's like, no, I want to bathe in its blood, and it's like, they don't have blood, they're triple, or whatever. And so they have to basically be like, alright, well, if you want to fight, the, if you want to try and kill the primogenitor, you have to fight all the Jedi who are here. And the hut's like, I, I think I'll leave instead. So they have, quotes, saved the day with the primogenitor, but they also say that they're locking in Starlight Beacon, which we'll talk about later, because that brings up some questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so anyways, the next two volumes are basically dealing with everything that happens after that, which they start off with like the, with the, <laughs> it's a cool moment, but it's such a weak fake out. Cause they start with, with, uh, I don't think it's this... a fake out as it is. It's like, Oh shit. Something's, something's happened here. That's how I saw it anyway. Yeah. But yeah, there's I... no jump in time or nothing. It's just like, here we are. Here's this. Yeah. How the fuck? It's, it's because it starts in media res where it's yeah. like, Oh no, are they the bad guy? The, the context is Orla's ship is being chased by a Nihil ship. And she's like, oh, I require assistance, blah, blah, blah. And then it zooms into the cockpit. And, oh, my God, Keeve and Tarek are the Nihil. Oh, would they turn to evil? No, not even a little bit. Why yeah. did you think that? Um, so, yeah, we get a little bit of, of, a, of a rundown from the situation, which is basically Avar Chris fighting with Stellan Geos again, because she's basically going, okay, we've dealt with the Drangir. The Nihil are the next threat. We need to deal with the Nihil. And Stellan's like, no, the Republic Fair is more important. I'm going to put Jedi and Volo. Nothing bad can happen here. And everyone's like, look, we need to hit these problems before they actually happen, Stellan. And he's like, cool, bye. <laughs> so anyways, Avar decides she needs to take matters into her own hands, which does explain some of the stuff that happens in Fallen Stars. And basically her plan, it, it's spread out across the volume, but boils down to she wants Keeve and Tarek to infiltrate the Nihil to try and get close to the Eye, Lorna D, because they still think she's the Eye to either capture her or at least figure out where she is so the Jedi can do it. So uh, Avar's ship, the Ataraxia, comes out and um, scares them off. Basically makes it look like Keeve and Tarek are Nihil, so they get rescued by uh, Storm. They lie their way into the Nihil's good graces. We meet, we see Zetar in, uh, you know, in drawing form for the first time. That was really cool. Yeah, and he and he kind of grills. He didn't definitely didn't look like what I thought what I thought he was going to look like. Right. He kind of looks like a he giant really scrawny. Yeah, exactly. Voice, I thought yeah. I thought he yeah, was I, like that tweet. That yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was going to be like that tiny fish uh, guy that's on Cad Bane's team when they hit the Senate. I thought I don't know why I always assumed he kind of looked like that. Um, but anyways, they lied their way on. Uh, they say they were part of Panada's crew, and they basically get they buy it up until they bring them in to a room where they've got the conveniently the same hut that they were working with against the Drangir, right. who then like doesn't sell them out for like a whole five seconds, and then immediately does sell them out right as Lorna D shows up, and we get an interesting scene at the end here because as Avar is trying to track where Keeve and Tarek went, Lorna reveals that she has a leveler. And so this is kind of explaining, I guess, that thing that we already know about where Tarek and Sarek were kind of like half turned to stone because Keeve and, and Tarek are both exposed to the leveler. We don't see what happens to them, but Sarek starts freaking out. Avar tries to talk to Sarek, and as he starts babbling, he starts turning to stone. So that's where it ends, and then from here, we're not sure what happens. It's a good cliffhanger to end on. It's just unfortunate that we already uh, saw Fallen Stars, so we know that Keeve's alive and that Tarek and Sarek, what happened to them, so... Uh, yeah, anyways, that kind of wraps up Heart of Drangir. Um, overall, I guess for my thoughts, it wasn't too bad. There's a lot of dialogue that doesn't need to really be in there. I thought it's very bloated uh, dialogue-wise, and it kind of feels a little bit kind of like Fallen Stars. A couple people get hit over the head with a stupid hammer. Oh, yeah. Especially Stellan. Stellan got hit over the head like a uh, half well, This is yeah, pre, pre Valos yeah. and pre everything Stellan. So, like, he's at the epitome of his vanity, right? Yeah, but even post Val, because, you know, when we get into episode, uh, issue nine is when the the rising storm has happened and so yeah. Valos has been obliterated. And he's just stupid. Yeah. He's just as stupid. And it's so infuriating. Ignorant and arrogant. Like, because like, you, you think, like. For, so like, for someone who. Yeah. 
sorry, keep going. I'll just say like Stellan and, and this is like, you know, he's like they took down all of the Nihil, everything's good. And then they're celebrating on Valo. They're going to be celebrating on Valos, and that's his priority with the Jedi Council, and that's what they've decided mm. is the priority. And then uh, Avar Chris is like, "But well, we, we're like going through this threat that's in the Outer Rim right now. That's basically just tearing apart people and like turning them to like these wood husks and shit. And like this, things are not good here. And we need as many Jedi mm. as we can to like help this initiative to get this and bring it back." And yeah. he's just like, "No, I, I, no. I don't think that's a problem." As the Jedi Council yeah. says otherwise, so we're doing Valo or Valo, right? And then she's just like, and, "What the fuck?" And then his mentality doesn't change after the disaster, and that's what pisses me off. I mean, even before that, it's annoying me because he's seen now, now that we're getting all of the collected works of Phase One. If mm-hmm. this means that Stellan has seen the the Drangir on Ben on Banchi, yep, and saw what they could do to people and how hard it was to fight, and he was like, "Nah, this isn't a threat." And then when the Nihil raise of it Volo. wasn't just him it's the jedi council altogether too for this specific thing sure but he but the fact that he is like no 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 the they're in the right yeah. they're doing the right thing i'm not gonna go against them and then he keeps that mentality into fallen stars and then after Volo's destroyed when avar's arguing with him yep. in issue nine he has the he's like yeah no they're gone now we have them on the run it's like fuck, they obliterated a planet why are you who was fucking there and did nothing by the way are now saying yeah, no, it's not a threat anymore. Yep. Yeah, okay. I kind of forgot that they obliterated Valo. And then when you went to try and help on the Nihil planet at the end of that book, you felt the leveler. And Elzar felt it too. Yeah, you're right. It's not a threat. They don't have anything, right? They only turned load into stone. That's not a threat. Yeah. Right? It's just. One thing I want to say about this uh, this is the way the issues are spread out. Because, like, the first one, we did issues one to six because it made sense. And mm. I wasn't sure if it was going to be one to five or one to six, because sometimes they throw the extra issue in and it mm. wasn't. So this time when we were kind of double reviewing uh, issue six, um, oh, I, yeah, I wish they would have done like issue one to six for the first volume and then seven to 11 in this one. I didn't read 11 just to keep it fresh for, for me when I when we do do that next. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I thought it was weird. Like you're ending off on a weird note. It's kind of like part of one story part of the other story it's just the way the volume sits in the in the content which is kind of weird mm. um but i think we can all agree that stellan was fu- infuriating in this in this comic issue there, there i mean because i know you guys were both really looking forward to him i, I, I mean, know not i was really, like, I, interested but... i was like oh like he looks like a fun character yeah. he like maybe he's gonna be like an obi-wan character and then he proved us wrong like three four times i'm like that's yeah. unfortunate you know no I, I just wanted to see him what like what made him this poster he's like he's the best he's the best best he's like meanwhile you're doing a whole lot of he's nothing a handsome fellow mm-hmm. yet everybody keeps going to and the whole my whole thing answer this is like okay a it's the republic fair so why are you involved at all mm-hmm. mina so's got a great handle on things already she does not need your help mm-hmm. but you guys are so invested have you forgotten who you are like you're not supposed to be dealing with any of this shit anyway yeah. so why is the council so in- did all the council suddenly collectively forget the fact that they're just jedi and they're not supposed to be vanity yeah it's shit. the vanity thing right it's like let's let's celebrate like i get the celebration but like why are you like the poster boy of it yeah, and yeah, the, the, like, the, the republic is the ones who did that to him yeah right they the, said we need the, a poster boy and like you're gonna be the one and even if they ask them for like you know maybe we can get like if if some of you want to be here we can have like a token compliment of jedi or something mm, like that yeah that should be like okay if somebody deal with that the council that shouldn't be their focus if you're he- and then mind you if you're hearing from your other greatest of the generation 
who's mm. out on this thing where you assigned her to, and she's telling you, you put me here, I'm reporting a problem to you, mm. help. Yeah. No. Nah. Yeah, I know better than what, you. What, what kind of fucking management is that? Yeah, not that good management at all. Like, it's like, look, you, clearly they need help. They wouldn't just be asking for it if they didn't. They are taking this seriously. Can you feel any darkness from them? Can you feel any bit like, oh, no, they're up in their home? No, you're assuming that. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't have to because you have powers to negate yeah. that whole process. Is she lying? Is she not? <laughs> no, fucking truth. We need to do something about this. There's video if you need it. Mm. There's so much if you need it. No, uh, no, no. We just think this is more important. Let's the- try. Oh, okay. Go ahead. They're oh, just yeah, dealing the- with deception at that part. Yeah. Isn't that an absolute yeah. myth at that point? So they, they're. What are you then? And I think that is the whole. With what we see in further things, it's just like, yeah, none of you know what you actually are, and that's yeah. the problem. The the emerging kind of view that I'm seeing, at least for phase one. That is very, I don't want to say disappointing for me, but like I was expecting something more seems to be like, at least from everything I've seen in phase one, because the question that everyone, you know, the whole reason they did this in the beginning was why did the Jedi of the high Republic fall? Yeah. And the answer for phase one seems to be because of the exact same reasons why the Jedi in the old Republic fell. Yeah. Like there's no difference right now. It's all vanity. All of it. It's Yeah. It's all we know best based off of nothing. And nothing's going wrong. Yeah, yeah. We defeated them. Yeah, blinding yourself. Even though the galaxy's starting to catch fire, we're doing our best. We're sitting at this desk, and everything is fine. Yeah, yeah. The paperwork says otherwise. Um, I was gonna say, let's just on this same note, let's move Mm -hmm. on to the progenitor, the great progenitor on Starlight Beacon. Right. So it's put in a fate, like they cut off its tie to the force. Great. They Mm -hmm. um, put it in a force field. Great. So it can't do anything while it's in stasis, and it is in the basement of starlight beacon when it goes down yeah. on fallen star and i guess it explodes on fire like it it, it burns to Maybe. death it's in Maybe. it fell in the water a. yeah so i don't know it's easier for it to spread that way and i'm still i'm still connecting the two because it's like from this okay they asked you for help you said no they went and got the huds out they got this thing which is the problem mm. from before and brought it back here as the answer you, you could be like okay so you the place where we need to operate everything from, you've basically put a nuke inside. Yeah. yeah. That we and don't really have control. Nuke. Yeah. That mm-hmm. we don't really have control over. And we're just hoping that the stasis field stays. If it, if it mm-hmm. loses power, they're fucked. They're but fucked. it never comes up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's fair for now. Conveniently. Yeah, never so, I mean, that, that's kind of nice that like, you know, we were talking before, like the Drengear was this massive threat and then they're just gone now. Yeah, and they they're might not be just back. gone. And no, now. they're not just. The thing is, they're not gone. They didn't defeat the. It's, yeah. it's worse, and this is why I was on the hut side because, like, mm. kill the fucking thing because it's connecting all of them, right? Yeah, mm. and if it's through that connection, they're sustaining themselves. They have a plan to do whatever. But no. they cut it off at the moment. So, they're not sustaining so them you, at the moment. You cut it off. The problem is still that okay, you've cut it off from all the ones that are around. So now mm. they're just like. Well, I have no orders. So I'm gonna do what the fuck I, I think want. they can't move now. Isn't that the idea? Because they said like they're acting weird and like not moving or something on the planets. Because, probably because they're in the shock of loss, right? But that's not. I thought it was like they, they kind of go like it's it's really confusing it's because from the way that the comic words it, they've gone back to being dormant. Yeah, but they didn't need to wake up the progenitor. For to... the things on the Amaxian. Yeah, 
because right. they well, that, they there was stayed. the progenitor was doing all the other stuff while the maxine station stuff was well, going on well, too because right? keeve says while they're right before they channel their powers to chris right like oh we woke them up on a maxine station that's what woke up the great I think progenitor they, they were the talking specifically about like this one like these ones on a maxine station because they were held in a stasis field with those dark side totems and then removing yeah. those woke them up and then they're like shit we gotta put those back that's what they're i think she was referencing right because like so whose hive mind were they connected to then yeah because if there was, was no progenitor be, and they those woke things up, took it off how are but, they that's, waking but up? that's what woke up the drain gear across the galaxy i didn't think it was was it because they all started emerging after into the dark yeah i thought it was just timing wise because the nihil like when you're in this comic we see on the great progenitor's planet melita or M- oh Mulan, you're right they there have was the, a there the was the nihil stuff. skulls yeah, yeah. there so like i'm pretty sure martian's like go wake these bastards up send them around and then this maxine station thing happened at the same time which they weren't expecting we're we're missing a chunk of of lore i guess because you're like yeah nan found out about them told martian about them so i guess at some point he sent but how did he know because they never how did he figure out where they the only reason i can think about why he would know is because he has like those dark-sided ties with like the leveler and stuff like the family but we don't know yet we don't know yet yeah yeah if it's if it's explained maybe but it might be explained in the next issues and or the eye of the storm comic or possibly later the other thing that kind of confused me is they're like oh we have the drinker in a stasis field so it can't do anything but Kier's, but uh, Skier's condition was worsening while he was in a stasis field. Uh, no, it was it, just slowed. It down. was slowed, right? Yeah. So, exactly. But they, but they didn't. But it was getting, still working. They didn't cut the yeah. ties of the Force. Like all the Jedi cut the ties of the Force from the Great Progenitor, so it can't like do anything. And then they put the Force field around it, so then it's like cut and immobilized. I guess for now, it's very uh-huh. bad. Like, it's, it's very like right because that's that's like. Do you have to keep having Jedi keep cutting his connection? Exactly. If it's slow, is it going to slowly come back? It's just like there's a we lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of concern. Now it's in the air. Air. I mean, if they were to let the hut raise the fucking planet, <laughs> you wouldn't because, have to worry oh, about oh, it anymore. But they're like, oh, but there's so much life. No, it's just them. Get yeah. the fuck off the planet and, and burn it. And then when they find the life on the planet, the giant ants, it's been corrupted by the drain gear. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's just everything that's on here is anyway, just holy fire down on it. Yeah, the Imperium yeah, is just exterminatus the planet. Yeah, exactly. But the Jedi but no, again think they know better and are ignorant to the, to the thing, right? Like they, yeah. it was. I, I found it weird when Avar's like, "No, we're not going to kill. All life is precious." It's like, I get that. I get that. But so, this so life is specifically very dangerous yourself. and can destroy yeah. the entire galaxy yeah. on its whim. Yeah. yeah. And you're gonna hold it in a force field and take the force from it, and just chill. It's, like, see, it goes to show, it, like, it's, she has the right priorities, but even even she succumbs to that. She does a little arrogance. bit, yeah, because mm. she's the one who portrays the hut, and the hut's like the fuck, and she's like, "What are you gonna do?" It's, and yeah. Especially when it's just like, "I came here to and help." And it ships just takes you off. I wanted like, my help, yeah. and 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 now and I felt and now weird. You don't want me to finish burning yeah. the thing down? Like, what the fuck? Because they're like, "We're gonna go it's, go take it out and like defeat it or whatever," and then it's yeah. like. We're gonna keep it alive. Yeah. It's like what are we doing? It, it, it's the same problem as the Batman paradox. Well, not paradox, but like the Batman problem, right? Yeah, Batman oh, I'll doesn't kill him up. He won't go anywhere. Well, I'll come back again. Yeah, yeah. but every time a again. villain is, but yeah. I'm gonna go yeah. blow up a million people exactly. every time I come back. Yeah. So what the fuck you yeah. doing? Batman's a good guy. Yeah, die. exactly. Batman's a good guy because he doesn't kill. Except every time a villain gets out, they kill at least a hundred people. Yeah, and he refuses to just get rid of. It. But the problem is now it's spread across the entire Jedi Order, and yeah. so it looks even stupider. To, to a degree, I mean, like there are some is. people yeah. that are, you know, they don't have a say in it at the moment, really. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, at least like when they're cutting down, like 
The one person who's defeated the Dragon Gear that we know of is Lily, right, with a fire mm. tornado oil yeah, stuff, yeah. Uh, which was awesome. Uh, did we get anything out of Maxine? I can't remember. They just got spaced or they got sealed. I can't remember what happened there. Um, no, they went. They got transported back to the remember, other world thing they were at, yeah, which yeah. must have be this place, though, right? Because no, they, it wasn't this yeah. place. Re, no, uh, Reith, Reith does space some of them at the uh, yeah, as oh, he's coming right. back. Because, yeah, Geo and everything saves yeah. him from going out. Yeah, there. yeah, from from the depressurization. There's a little bit of but, things in there, yeah. So not like yeah. defeated technically, but like escaped from. Yes. Yeah. And like in a pod somewhere. Oh, speaking of him, the one of the things I did really like in this book is we get to see yeah. Wreath and Comac. It took me a second. I was book. like, is that Wreath? Because really that's Comac. That must be Wreath. Is yeah. that Wreath? Mm. That's Wreath. Oh yeah. As soon as they did the linking thing, I was like, Comac's linked to Wreath. Yeah. And I was, I was like, <laughs> Orbalin is in this too. I forgot that he was like, he looks and like, um, suit? he looks like he a looks Mass like a Effect man. Yeah. He looks like a Mass Effect oh, spacesuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He like looks that's... like the, he looks like the worst Mass Effect. Uh. And drop uh, in a spacesuit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Ryder's helmet. So it looks like it looks like that. And I always uh, Alex Ryder's not the worst. Character, when I pictured you know Orbalin, I, mean. I thought it was like this, like pretty blocky, like almost like um, Zetar's, almost like uh, Zetar's outfit. That's what I thought it I, was. I assumed he looked like what, what's her name? Uh, Space Hero Thirteen from My Hero Academia. Oh yeah, it looks kind of similar, yeah. but less like, like bulky. a big bulky astronaut suit. Yeah, yeah, he's more like sci-fi astronaut. Which I like it. I like his. I like yeah. his look. And you must have been happy to see him back again. Uh, anytime he shows up, yeah, I mean, anytime right. when they just mention him, Keeves like, Skier's like, oh, Orbalink could probably helped, and Keeves like, yeah, he would also talk to our ear off to death, and I was like, yeah, bring him back, yeah, <laughs> bring us, bring us more. <laughs> he shows up, and I was like, yeah, he yeah. did one thing, I'm happy. <laughs> um, we get to see Lorna no, D skier through the roof. No, <laughs> yeah, we get to see Lorna D in this in like some pretty cool yeah. way. Um, the one thing that I, t- I was talking to Ed about before the podcast started was there was an interaction there where like you got to kill the hut or you got to inter- inter- uh, interrogate the hut. And she makes her entrance and all this stuff. And then she's like, Doctor, hmm. unleash the thing. And then he's like, yes, my Tempest Runner. And I'm like, oh, he said that she's a Tempest Runner, not the Eye of the Storm, like Eye of the Storm of the Nihil. That's a good point. And then yeah. I was like, immediately after that happens, though, they get leveled. Leveler. Right? Yeah. And so, like, maybe they don't remember it or we don't know what happens next. Do they survive hmm. it? Like, we don't really. I think Tarek does, at least. Um, well, no, all three of them. Everyone does. Oh, okay. So we get Keeves we... in um, one of the two books. Yes. she's either in Mission to Disaster or she's mentioned, or she's either says in something. Midnight Horizon or Fallen Star. I can't yeah. remember which. So she's she's alive then too. So we get to see what happens here, which is interesting because they're in very close proximity to it. Hmm. So does it just go ape shit and kill all the Nihil? Like, what does it do? We don't know. Again, who fucking know? Oh, it's Midnight Horizon because she shows up uh, at the end with Corel- yes. uh, for Corellia. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, and we get Orla Journey in this, like front and center. I love it. Yeah, like some I good Orla Drenny. More talking time and screen time. But... The one thing I love about Orla Drenny's character that they've done with her is that every time there's a character that falls to the dark side and comes back or tries to mm. dapple in it, she's yeah. right there to bring him back, and she's like you, yeah. coaching them. And I'm like, fucking love Orla Drenny. She's so you good. Literally, you literally hit the nail on the head to the point I was going to make. I it, it it blows my mind that Orla Drenny is a better Yoda. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because of the Wayseeker, like her her lifestyle, and like be, what she's right? doing but, with the Force. She's following the, the Force because Yoda's not technically doing that yet. He does that at the end of Clone Wars, right? The Lost Missions, where he starts to you know go Listen off from the Jedi the Council and, force, and become yeah. more takes the Force. Away from it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but like yeah. that's kind but, of like, the thing, right? Where like she's Keeve already been doing it. that. Because mm. Keeves like he's like, man, I wish I, there's so much I could learn from you, kind of thing, oh. just like that. And it's just like. We also get a, a detail. Fuck. 
Yeah, no, I yeah, no, 100% they did. Are you kidding me from the dialogue they were saying? Yeah. He's even like, what the fuck are they talking He's about? He's like, this won't, the, this won't be the first time I had the pleasure. And it's like, oh, what yeah, the yeah. fuck? Yeah, and it's like, not in front of the huts. Yeah. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I was like, what's going on right here? Orla, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's like mom and dad. No scaly things happening. Yeah. Or I, I would love if it's just her... Ba- that's her banter because she yeah, knows it'll just, just like, she knows her what off. buttons to push. Yeah. Because Keeve is very like what's yeah, says something too. Abrasive it is like it is something confusing though, because when Elzar meets Orla, like we get that line where Elzar's yeah. like, Oh, I never realized how much I flirted with women until I flirted with Orla and she just didn't even respond. But now we see Orla doing that. I think she knows so what like, buttons mm. to push with certain people. But the thing yeah, is, yeah. Ma- ma- yeah, I was gonna say maybe she's ta- that's why I think she's just tailoring it to whoever she's like. Yeah. I feel like Orla Trenny is like so far one of our favorite characters of the entire Oh, hands so down. oh no, no, she's gone. So, yeah, I mean, okay. To be but... fair, to be fair, we don't know yeah. if you can return from the leveling. Like, we don't know from what the fuck happening to dust. You, have you, okay, so have you have you guys seen? Um, this might be spoils. And if you have you guys seen Loki, Loki, like, the TV uh, series, TV show. Yeah, I have. Are you gonna watch it, Noma, or no? No, but go ahead. Okay, so uh, for oh, any... I will, but go ahead. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> there's a big part in this series, and I'm, I'm going to say now, spoilers for Loki. Fast forward okay. like two, three minutes. Um, there's a big part in Loki where there's like the time space cops, and they have mm. these like batons that when they hit you, it like eradicates oh, your timeline I thing, and you turn to, like okay. you just turn to sparks and die. Like you just erase okay. from the timeline, right? That's what happens. Which so they can what fix everybody timelines. thinks. So everybody they thinks they're just it. gone and they're erased forever. But that doesn't happen. There's a part at the end of time. Oh, they're getting like where they're teleported to, to that area, yeah. and then there's this big thing that's a fucking dog that eats them. Well, it's, it's like a it's cloud a dog. Cloud. It's like it's, it's like this cloud. big. It's a big cloud fucking dog thing that eats them. It's a tornado, basically. It comes through and wipes things it's, out. It's a it's matter, like, it's it destroys a matter, essentially. It, it's Galactus from Rise of the Silver Surfer, I get it. Pre- okay. Pretty much, yeah. Right? So, and they're just like, we'll send you to the end of time because we don't know what happens after that. So and so that's what I'm... Up, there you go, you're dead That's anyway. what I'm hoping for for this, in a way, where it's like, the leveler... Mm. Like, Martian doesn't really understand the leveler. Something's with the leveler that's like, it worked to a degree, but like, these people are still... Like, because who died from it so far? We have Orlich Reddy... Um, Indira Indira Stokes we have the other guy from the, the uh, yeah Jedi. Young trainer dude yeah yeah I can't remember his uh, name who else He's anybody else one. is this a, uh, a Great Storm that's four Great yeah is that it Great Storm Orla Indira um, Indira no, not dead she's not dead by it she's just fucked up by it oh well then who's Biraga's master because she died Nala no, say. No, say. no, that's that's Clone War stuff. Uh, anyway, there's like four. I yeah, think four yeah. have died. Um, Five. Well, yeah, f- yeah, yeah, four-ish. Four have died. Eight have been affected. Because Tarek and yeah. are affected, Keeves affected, yeah. and Deer's affected. And Deer is affected, Bell's affected, uh, Stellan's was affected, but so he ten. doesn't count anymore. About ten yeah. people have been touched by the leveler in some way, rather just like Ash or um, Mindfuck. Yeah. Oh, Elzar. Elzar felt it. Yes, so 11. He fell out of the sky because of it, yeah. Four have only died, right? Like, turned to ash. Um, Sure. And so, I mean, they're pretty big characters, and I don't know how it, like, it it depends how they go about it, but I don't know how I'd feel if they brought them back in a weird way, or I mean, something has to happen there. See, they can't bring them back, because if they bring them back, they should learn something from this, and they're... But maybe that's what they do. They learn that it's not, like, a final thing, because it cuts them from the Force, right? 
So do, right, do they do they get absorbed? Like, does they get absorbed into the leveler when they die? Because the force is not with them, it, and it, like, we're could, not, maybe we don't knows. know. Yeah, maybe it's if you defeat maybe. the leveler, they come back. Like, who fucking knows, right? It'll be harder to know now, even if they do come back, because everybody's fucking off back. To I want the more answers to the leveler guys. That's what I'm trying to say. But, I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of checked out to the levelers, but like, well, I don't know. It's it's weird though too, because Loden literally turned to dust when they touched him, right? Yeah, and, and so, so did one did, more. Um, yeah, yeah, the the trainer guy, Youngling Master. I can't remember his yeah. name. It's like Re- he's he's only in it for Reynold, like half Reynold of Call. the start. Nibaseek. Reginald Call. That's, that's his name. It. Yeah, Reginald Call. Yeah, that's right. Nibaseek and Reginald Call. Yeah. God, play. we are terrible with lore, guys. That's because they throw like it's because they throw like 120 characters. Yeah, we should keep this straight. We should have a spreadsheet. Yeah. Oh wait, we have like I, I thirty. Don't care about... <laughs> yeah, no, no, right. um, yeah, I mean, like, there's there are there's a handful of really cool characters in High Republic. You're right, right? There's I mean, a lot of cool characters. Like, I think every character has something to give. But then, but then, random things happen to them. Stellan dies off screen, right? Like, did he though? No. <laughs> well, I don't know. He gave his lightsaber to Jay. Whatever. I mean, so. okay. Yeah, I'm surprised well, you guys are so angry compared to, to me because cross guard lightsaber. I bought the so. High Republic issue with Stellan mm-hmm. Geos in the front. And it's like a virgin cover, so it has nothing else yeah, on it yeah. except for him. And I got the Avar uh, Chris one as well. So it's like, I have a Stella it, Geos it's, comic. It's mostly just because, like, from everything that they'd been telling us, right? I was expecting this to be on par with, like, the... Th- hmm? Oh, like, yeah, like, I was expecting this to be on par with, like, the Thrawn trilogy. Something like that, right? Because the amount of... Yeah, from all the, the trailers they have on it. The yeah, from all the trailers. Exactly. All the effort, all the time, all the assurances that they were like, this is going to be the tops. And it's like, well, that, then in that case, right, the Thrawn trilogy was made by like two or like, I don't know, five people, maybe yeah. across everything. And I'm, I'm including like the cover artists and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the old stuff. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It's like it was mostly Timothy's on. So if you got three times the numbers. Yeah. I expect, you know, I, uh, just naturally, I'm expecting, oh, it's going to be three times as good. And it's just this weird, like, hodgepodge. On the one hand, though, I will, what I will give them the benefit of the doubt for right now is just like, mm. this is the exact reaction they were looking for. Yeah, they've been planning this, right? This is something that this is phase one of how many phases? Now, mm. on the same hand, the other, the other side of the coin, it is the mm. easiest get out of jail card to pull yep. and to use. For them, like, no, it's supposed to be this way. And in the next, we needed to set up like this so you're pissed off and you can't believe what kind of idiot things they're doing until mm-hmm. they all get back to the temple and then there's a huge discussion and be like, okay, council, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because Yoda might come back and be like, you're all dumbass. Yes. Can't wait for that. I hope right? it happens. Holy shit. And if he, if he starts to restructure that way and then it turns to something else, but with a poor start, like, then I can understand yeah. all that because I, there's I, a big house cleaning thing coming up. Yeah, I I think a big reason why I'm getting so annoyed about this as well is I'm it's it's like watching another book series that I've been reading in real time, and I'm really scared it's going to follow the same path as it because it's starting to yeah. set itself up for it, mm. which is the Horus Heresy novels that uh, Warhammer th- uh, does for its 30k line because it was the same thing when they did the Horus Heresy and Grant and this had the added bonus of having 30 years of lore already attached to it, the Horus Heresy. Right. Mm. And so when it started, it was the same thing. It started amazing. Horus Rising was so fucking good. It kept going flight of the Eisenstein, all this other stuff. I'm just kind of going off on my own tangent. So I'll keep this short. Basically it got really, really good. And then they had two really bad books and then it slowly started getting like one step forward, two steps back, like a good 20 books in that series were that, one step forward, two steps back. 
one step forward, two steps back. Here's an amazing thing. Here's some really lore-breaking garbage. And it kept going on and on until we're starting to get some really bad... Like, they're in the end game now for the Horse Heresy. And one of the newest books, people memed it to death because they did one of the stupidest things that I don't understand why they did. That they based off of a, of a joke from 30 years ago. I'll go over the joke really quickly. Um, there's two vehicles that the space marines have have there it's a land speeder and a land raider land raider is a giant tank it's a land raider right land speeder speeds over land land speeder no that's not why they're named land they're named land because the guy who discovered their stc templates was named arkin land oh. and it's the, it's lands speeder and lands raider and so the thing that everybody's me and it's stupid right but it was made in the 90s as a tongue-in-cheek like haha you thought yeah. it was because the name made sense no it's because of some vain asshole so in the newest Horse Heresy book, it turns out that so Space Marines are known as Adeptus Astartes. And it was always like, oh, well, it's the fake Latin, right? Like Emperor's soldiers, right? Adeptus yeah. Astartes. No, it's because one of the people who helped the Emperor create no. the no, Space no, Marines, no, 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 her no, no. name was Astartes. Yeah. And so it brings back and, – and so the joke now is like, oh, well, why were they called the Space Marines? Oh, because Jimmy Space is the one who created them. <laughs> my God, get out of here. But yeah. It's Wait, like, no, okay, are you, was that serious or are you making No, 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 no. That's the meme, right? It's oh, like, well, okay. it's because why do they call them Space Marines and Adeptus yeah, Astartes? Yeah. Well, because Astartes and Jimmy Space <laughs> help make so Let's hope that doesn't it's, happen with the, the High Republic. That, and that's what yeah. I'm scared of, right? Is like because they're, I'm watching both of these book series go on the exact same trajectory. Yeah. 3K was going like parallel up and down and up and down, and now it's getting I don't know where. I'm really hoping High Republic doesn't follow that same thing. I think it has a lot of time to redeem itself since we're just starting phase two. Once mm. we clean up phase one, I think a lot of things will fall into place in terms of like knowledge that we don't have to a degree because we have one more mm. volume of uh, the High Republic. I think we have one or two more volumes of the High Republic Adventures, and then we have Trail of Shadows and Monster on Temple Peak. And yeah. so we and have those comics to cover as well as I think Edge of Balance Volume 2 fits in Phase 1. But that's yeah. it. And and I will also add that I don't, at least I hope, this will be like the, the last test. And I at, at least right now, I'm thinking to myself that they won't go down this route because the, the final warning sign for me is if High Republic starts contradicting itself because that's mm-hmm. what 30K started doing. And it contradict, and even though they had said the same thing about the 30k table, right? Where they were like, "Oh, we've got over a dozen artists. They all mm. sit down together. They are all creating lore that coincides with itself." And then it retconned itself about two dozen times in its own span. And I think we're 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 bound to have that happen in terms of some things. Like, but it no. shouldn't. It, it shouldn't, shouldn't happen. But there is human error in everything we do. No, and like, no. As much as, we, refu- as, much as we I want to have a round that... table that has everybody's head on their on their no. shoulders, sometimes no, I, I, it I falls off. For one no. simple reason, yeah. in your audio terms, if you can't decide whether the guy's name is Martian or Markion, you've mm. already fucked up on one simple thing. If you the can't audio get that, director at the time, because it could be a different ADR director, right? Doesn't matter to me. That's one of the things where your your storyboard. What, what was this person? Well, Keeve Trennis. Okay. Who's this person? Bells at a part. Who's this person? Stellan Geos. Who's this person? Avar Chris. Who's this person? Marcian Rowe. Yeah, okay. and that should be that should be. It. I agree. Like, I agree. But there is error. And you, I all of a sudden halfway through my life, I'm going to start saying my name a different way. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. And then, yeah, it's not Noma. It's Nama. Exactly. It's but I'm deciding that on the like fly. That. But but if you can do that and you can fuck that up, there's 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 you can't you can't see anything else. We'd add uh, Charles So and be like, 
Is it Marshion or is it Markeon? Can you can you give us can a better answer? A yeah. Sorry, yeah, but can you actually give a canon answer? Because it's kind of starting to get ridiculous. I mean, like I, mean, I I'm just like my head canon is Marshion because it just sounds better and it's yeah, easier to roll the tongue. No matter what the book says, my brain's always like Markeon, no Marshion, Marshion, Marshion. Mm. Yeah, but every time, yeah, like they were laser alone, right? Um, the one so, thing that really irritates me though mm. is that throughout all these things. I'm surprised that no council has ever gone to the many archivists that the Jedi have and be like, hey, I've just become a member of the council. Can you give me a history on past councils and wrong and right decisions they've made yeah. in certain contexts just so I can, you know, use this as like a guide to be like, you know, yeah. if something comes up again, you know, meditating is good for one thing, but I should also have past precedents as my yeah. as working with me too. You know, the, you know what the Never. worst part is? They don't even need to go that far. They can literally just turn around and be like, hey, Yoda, Oporansis. You have what were the worst parts of the Jedi Council there. 200 years ago? Yeah, 200, 500 years ago. Like, so, what what hey, was the hey, least hey. effective part of it? He wouldn't know because he wasn't there. He was chilling with the fucking yeah, kids. Right, that's he's doing fucking magic school bus with the pal- with the younglings. Turning up down Main Street. <laughs> relaxing, feeling good. Oh man! And I don't begrudge him for that. I love it. I love maybe it so that's much. where everything's mm-hmm. guiding him to do that. But like, yo, if you're doing that, remove yourself from the council, and you have nothing to do with them because mm-hmm. this is clearly where you're focused. Just because you're, and if by the time of the older, probably like, oh, you're all powerful, so you must be the grand master. And he's probably sitting there like, oh, fucking do this. <laughs> we've, we've also got something that I find is hilarious, and I I know this is unintentional. Mm-hmm. But- any Padawan who gets trained by Yoda seems to just not understand what their place in the universe is. It's so true. We've got, between Cantum and Dooku, like, <laughs> we've got one Padawan who was Bye. like, I don't even know if I want to be a Jedi anymore. Qui-Gon. See ya. And then we've got, yeah, and Qui- well, it was no, Qui Gon was trained by, by Dooku. Dooku. Yeah. That's, that's, I think so he trained he... with Yoda, though, a little bit. Well, everyone well, he, trained with the young Yeah, style, like, that's their, that's your rudimentary stuff like that. Your yeah. ABCs Fair are enough. with him right but but like um, yeah like well and but i mean who knows right like maybe it would make sense with qui-gon too with his maverick attitude but yeah, yeah it's like both of the padawans that we know yoda's trained both left at a certain point and then one came back and the other one went full and flipped and it's so. just like if you're saying you also failed i have also maybe you should stop or maybe you should revise <laughs> what you're doing i think it no, kind of begs I'm a different though. like it, maybe it's it's how good he is at teaching like like thinking flipping it on its head right like Yoda knows something's not right with the Jedi Order. He teaches the way he teaches, open to the Force, open like as much as he is at this point, which we don't really know much about him in this in this era at the moment. Yep. But like, maybe he does have those Padawans leave or like his his apprentices, like they go on their own way because he gives them the opportunity to expand. He like they say in this uh, many times that like you are free to leave the Jedi Order anytime, right? Mm. And like that, whether you go off and be um, the th- the is it Thalon, um, the girl from um, oh um, Ty York Ty York. Yeah. If you go off and be like a Ty York bounty hunter type thing, a monster hunter, or mm. if you go off and be a Dooku and become a yeah. a, well, a, a, a Sith because of yeah. things you've discovered or whatever it is, like that's I think maybe Yoda has the understanding that the balance of the Force it balances itself. And, you know, teaching that the Force is open the way it is and that people have a path that they need to follow and the Force shows them that path, whatever it is, whatever it leads to, whether you fall you fall to the dark side, like, I don't think he means for that to happen, but that's just how it happens, 
how the path happens. I feel like that's kind of Yoda's teachings is that he's not like, you need to bow down to the Jedi Order. This is how it works. He's more like, the Force is a mysterious thing that we try to influence. If only with, he yeah. would actually show all that shit. Oh, yeah, that's my because interpretation Because every time we it. see him, he's actually doing what you just said at the end. He's going yeah. there and being like, no, I mean, with Anakin specifically, yes, he does blah, do that. Blah, 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 blah. Like, he says nothing about the openness of that part. He's like, mm. no, this, you should be scared because this leads to this and this is this. And, and I, I think, sound like I'm scared I think that now, might be because, so you can't get any help. I think that might be because, too, like, you know, that scene with Anakin where he tells him, like, those emotions are bad. Like you shouldn't, you should just shut them out, right? Because he's seen what happens when he's told people to go open. They go to the dark side every time. So he's like, you just need to shut them out because this is the only option that I can see working maybe because everything else I've tried doesn't work. And it's like, it still doesn't work, Yoda. I'm sorry. So if it, so if it doesn't work, then do you truly believe in the openness then? No. Right, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, off the Yoda train, um, what else ooh. do you guys have you want to talk about for this uh, volume? You know what? The last thing, again, going back to the progenitor, and when they're in that, like, hive, the hive mind, mm. they show no current from, like, okay, let's say the progenitor is saying something, like, give out orders and do. There's no response. There's no nothing. Nothing from the other side. So any of the mm. other drangier that are going through, like, nothing's coming back. Or let's say it's, like, if, because what they could have done with Skier, and hear me out on this, right? Mm. It's like, okay, Skier, you're in this tenable situation now where you're a part of them, they're a part of you, but not fully or whatever. You know where the progenitor is because of this link. But through this link, can you not find where the rest of them are too? And then we can actually chart out and map out everywhere mm-hmm. they are. And then we can systematically raise the hell out of them. Yeah. I understand you got to be in this thing for a little longer, but help us out, bro. You're in like you're in this, and we can clear them. I mean, they asked Keith to, to, to be deal a, with this anymore. A Nihil, like where's the boundary here? Exactly. I get that. Right. The only mm. thing is, I don't think they need to now that they have the Great Progenitor. Like, that's the thing. It's like, that's the thing that... So what they going to do, away. take down the stasis field every time they want to figure it out? Have it just fucking... No, I think, I think they're like, somebody it's else. done. I think they're like, the Drangir are done, right? They say that they defeated the Drangir after this, right? That's that's the catalyst of, like, yeah. that's the defeated of the Drangir. That's what they've said, anyway. And wait, they're going to get to Marsha, and then the, 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 the second Great Progenitor... Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, that was the, the matriarch. One. That was the yeah, matriarch. Yeah. Here is right. the patriarch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for them fuckery like that because. And... Sorry. Yeah. The... Oh, sorry. The, the only reason I, I buy it is because they've been this stupid with everything else. All right. The Drangir are defeated. Oh, they came back. The Nihil have been defeated. Oh, they destroyed oh. Valo. The Nihil are really defeated this time. Oh, they destroyed Starlight. Yeah. Okay, they can't just... do anything else. Oh, they're for us here on Coruscant. Oh, yeah, God. like we're we're two steps away from their setting fire to Coruscant's underworld, which I could, at this point they could probably do because the Republic's so fucking worthless. Yeah. How how did the Republic survive this long? That's another question I have at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of things in here that you're like, what, what's going they, on here? They had no defenses before this. They were. I can they kind were, of they were what, in. They were what the the New Republic in like sequel trilogy became where they didn't want a military and anything and then first order comes out of nowhere and they're like well you're I, caught with oh your God, pants down guys yeah. if yeah. only someone could defend us it's, yeah. it's just yeah it, well, i'm it sorry feels... with all the threats that happen through this universe you think yeah. you'd always keep some kind of standing defense no matter what the yeah. some security force of some sort maybe not a military but like a secu- like, like a strong security the force. Rim had they had like yeah. here's your planet and you have your security force the, ju- the Judiciaries, I think they were mm. around Iriadu and the rest of the outer yeah, yeah. colonies, right? 
but your core world, oh, we're core folks. You don't need to. And that's another thing where even the high council is is afflicted by that core mm. world nonsense thinking where it's just like, well, it's out there. You guys deal with it. Oh, well, we'll tell you if you need to deal with it, even though we're sitting right here cozy. Mm. People over there in Corellia, oh, well, that's not our problem. The Nihil are out there. You dumbass. You see, think they care about where you are? Yeah, see, ironically, with how High Republic is set up, it makes me understand the logic the behind some right? of the things. Well, Separatists and Legends. It, it yeah. backs up some of the Legends stuff, because I'm thinking of, do you remember the Hapes, uh, Hapes Consortium? Hapes Confederacy? Uh, the people uh, sound familiar. They're the people that I believe I might be messing this up. It's been a while, but they're the mm. people. They're they're the area of space that Tahiri Vale comes from. Um, Jay Jaken's not wife. <laughs> she has the Rancor tooth lightsaber. Um, but they, so so for for those who don't know Legends, there's a area in the Outer Rim uh, that is a trio of three planets called the Hapes Confederacy or Consortium or something, and they're basically neutral from the Republic because they don't like or trust them, um, and they've got a crazy powerful military that is the entire reason why the Republic never tried to annex them and why they just weren't part of the uh, Clone Wars because they just said both to both sides, "Go fuck yourself." Mm. Um, sense though with like they, why there's the confederacy of independent systems in the yeah. clone wars is what i yeah. think you're going towards right is that yeah yeah and and that like i was thinking hapes completely but yeah it has a good point it does make sense why the cis exists right because it's just like they're not wrong and nothing yeah. they do i won't say nothing but like a lot of what they do is not inherently evil like using droids for one thing as your army mm. is you know, you're, you're trying to save as many, though, keep as many lives for your computers as possible. Yeah, well, and we see from Clone Wars, right? Like, there is a core group of separatists whose ideal Are is, genuine. A, is just, yeah. is just being manipulated by the dark side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, they're, they're, they're being, being manipulated. Led by a, yeah, they're being led by a bad guy, but yeah. their entire point, purpose is just we want to have the same respect Hell, that the Mandalore was, have. Mandalore wasn't even a part of that, were they? They I don't think they were. They were, the they were trying to, trying they were trying to pull them into yeah. the independent systems and the Republic, yeah. and they didn't decide yeah, they were yeah. neutral, right? Yeah. They like, said, they, they, it, sorry, I think I keep going. No, go on. No. I was just going to say, like, they're, they're with the CIS for the entire, like, two episodes that Pre Vizsla is in command, basically, right? Yeah. Two to three or four. Because mm. uh, when Ahsoka beheads all those Mandalorians, they're, uh, Pre's working with Dooku, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I can't remember, but two, I think you're right. There's two encounters. There's the first one with Obi Wan and Pre. Yeah, and then there's the second one with Anakin and Ahsoka and Pre. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure in that second one he's working for Dooku, but then afterwards it's Shadow Collective. Yeah, and then the, then Mandalore's taken over by a, like a, a gangster firm. Like, yeah, well, a Sith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. But, Mandalore's been through the ringer. But, but yeah, it does make sense, right? Like if because we see from Old Republic and High Republic and Legends and a bunch of other things, basically everything outside of the Legends New Republic. The old, the outer rims is just treated like shit. Like they don't yeah. get anything. Honestly, and, go ahead. I sorry. mean, so I was just gonna say, I, like, and they can't even muster up enough courage to like stop the Zygerians. Yeah, I, I think right? the interesting thing about the Republic is almost like we see here, like, you know, our democracy is great, but like, there's some things that can happen in the democracy that we have in our world. Oh, it's super corrupt. But there's yeah, like it's, corruption, it's... and there's bad people involved, and yeah. like we see things happening. Oh, and, sorry, that's day. what I mean. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I mean. Like, like you're saying, yeah, both sides are super corrupt. We, yeah, yeah, we get we get disheartened by the things that govern us, right? Mm. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening with the High Republic is they're showing like the Republic that we thought was this high and mighty force of good is not all good. Like, there are some things that mm. they really suffer from, and that 
there's a lot of um i guess um what's the word i'm trying to say when you bring like real life into into literature and back and forth kind of thing can't remember what's um, anyway i was just gonna say art imitates life yeah but... it's like it's that right where like there's things in our world that kind of come into our literature at the time and it happens throughout everything mm. right that's just mm. our brains starting to create stories and fabricate things based on what our experiences are right so yeah. it's interesting to see that the higher public is showing us that because we thought higher public their shit don't stank everything's good the the mm. highest republic has ever been right the best best people but it's not. yeah it, and i think i think part of the reason that i'm so kind of blase towards that like not not impressed or not interested is because I saw all of this already in Swotor and Kotor, technically. And right? Cavan Scott is a much older Republic. Yeah, mm. he he loves he likes uh, Swotor. I know at least because he's brought some things in from that that we've noticed. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. And but it, it's that like, you know, when you're playing Swotor, I mean, Sith Warrior over Corelli is a great example, right? Like you literally just go to one guy and it's like, hey, do you want to be in charge? You willing to sell out every every single person for the Empire? yeah cool, let's do it and then when you're dealing with the republic storylines like every other republic storyline is like yeah my boss is corrupt go kill him and it's, it's i mean you know it, it's it's just a more personal connection to obviously because your your character is dealing with it so you get mm. that hands-on view whereas with high republic it's a little bit step back kind of watching these characters do it right but i mean another thing that kind of surprises me with this is like yeah we do see that corruption we do see that uh you know, unfairness and greed and kind of corporate, uh, the desperation for the corporations to make more, more and more money mm. coming to the forefront. Who always solves it? Not the Jedi. Right. right? You know, um, I can't even remember, like Orla and Comac didn't help Affy with her mom or her foster mom, right? Same thing with, um, uh, what's her name? Silvestri. And and her mom, yeah. you know, can't say no. None of the Jedi helped with that. Like every time there's corruption, it is it's the Republic cleaning it up, not the Guardians of Peace and Justice, which is very exactly. strange. Yeah, and not to mention that uh, during all those old times, they had one of those members of Peace and Justice leading mm -hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, until the rule, the Rusan uh, reformations made sure there was like no, there will be no Jedi um, mm -hmm. Chancellor of State. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it doesn't work. I think the big thing too is uh like we saw in uh mission to disaster where vernestra encounters a corrupt politician that's working for the night hill mm -hmm. and like notices it but doesn't follow through doesn't with anything, anything right and then yeah. it comes out later that oh i should have like we should have seen that we didn't see that like crap. <laughs> it, and then, and then it's always fun <laughs> it's always it's funny right because they they mm. They're supposed to be guarding for this. They're supposed to be doing something from it, but they're supposed to be monks at the same time. So whenever they have the opportunity to deal with it, they always talk about, oh, no, I'm peaceful. Mo I, I don't do anything yeah, like yeah. this. But then when it's a, somebody should do something about that, yeah, let's go. Uh, just to go there and then do nothing. Yeah, It's infuriating. <laughs> and and then we get the same thing in Fallen Star, right? Bell is staring at uh, uh, Staros. Three. Yeah. Oh, the oh, three yeah. and Staros. And it's like, Hmm. that senator is not acting normally well that's someone else's problem and then just turns yeah. and leaves <laughs> it's like I, uh okay well so yeah it's guardians of peace and justice except when anything when we actually have to we have to remember too that these are not military leaders like we see in the clone wars too these are not generals of those the military. aren't military leaders either no but like in the high republic these are people who are majority like monk figureheads right like these 
people are more the monk than they were the generals. Because, like, in the Clone Wars, you get that mixture of, like, they're the monk and the general, and there's a tie between, I, like, there's a thing there. Like, we're getting... I, but, but that... Yeah, that gets muddled, though. It and does. I think the reason that gets muddled is because as soon as there's trouble, the Republic just immediately turns to the Jedi like they always do. Yes. Right? If, they never try to do anything on their own first. Exactly. If the Jedi were, like, the fourth or fifth contingency option... Like, granted, in light of the Jedi... Perfectly makes sense that after the the horizon disaster, you just immediately want the Jedi's help. Yeah, that's perfect. Because they it's a an, huge thing that they did. Yeah, it's, and it's a humanitarian effort, not a war. Exactly. But when they, but when the Nihil start popping up, if the Jedi had been like the fourth or fifth option, then maybe it makes sense, right? Okay, but Republic Defense Fleet, they can't get there in time. Republic scouting parties, they they're not getting far enough. Can't get this. Can't get this. Can't get this. Can't the Jedi sense life forms? I guess we can ask them to help. Then it kind of comes across that, you know, the Jedi are peacekeeping or secluded monks and peacekeeping is like a, a very far down option. But then the problem is in light of the Jedi, as soon as the Nihil show up, they just immediately go to the Jedi. And are we, like, do, help us out. we do get in this comic that the time between when they thought they killed the Nihil before Valo and um, like now we have the uh, Republic Defense Fleet it's mentioned in here that they were helped cleaning up the the areas i'm assuming it's just not big enough like that's got to be it it's the same thing i said in fallen star right where is this republic defense fleet like sure you mention it but that's like saying all oh, the first order's taken over the entire galaxy how big is the first order yeah, yeah. palpatine's back it's yeah. just Somehow. like if you if you just say things it, it doesn't show. stick as much as yeah. yeah exactly show don't tell is there anything else that we want to talk about for this um, i can't think of anything I think they hit most points on this. Not all. Yeah, really. I think so. Okay. Because everything I mean, else is just set up now. I, I guess the one thing I will say to end it on a, a lighter Positive. note is, yeah, it is very nice seeing a bunch of characters that we'd only really either seen cover illustrations for or hadn't seen at all. Like Zetar was really nice to see. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun seeing Lorna D with her mask off because uh, we hadn't before this, right? Darth Crawl, guys. We get mentioned of a Sith in this when Keeve is having those like force nightmares from the progenitor stuff. She gets oh, encounters yeah. with Darth Crawl, which is uh, a Sith from that was first mentioned in Dooku Jedi Lost uh, by Kevin Scott. Oh, oh I didn't exactly know. like and Zeta. he is one of the la the <laughs> Lost Twenty, which are twenty Jedi who have um, lost their faith in the what? Jedi Order and left went the order and became and... A, a, a Dark Lord of the Sith. And mm. uh, Dooku mm. is one of them, and Darth Crawl is another. So how many would be on that list at this point? Because it would be it says the last twenty is what. They're no, called. no, I'm sorry. That sorry. How many would well, be on that list that we point? know of? Two yeah. so far Eight, that I know. Probably eighteen, nineteen, maybe. Yeah, because I mean, well, I'm thinking. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking with legends. Because if we add legends into it, it would be Crawl, Dooku, Exar Kun, um, Ula Keldroma. Uh, Keldroma came back though, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. So maybe he wouldn't be a lost. He flip flopped so yeah, much. He's a joke. Without whole arrows. <laughs> very weird who who else can you think of who would be on that last one i'm not gonna That's... go into it further because i just got spoiled on something for the higher public well, you I'm went sorry. looking something up didn't you oh, i went look no. up the, i went to look up the last 20 to see who was on i'm like oh don't look it up <laughs> oh, don't no. look that shit up i mean it I, makes I sense apologize. it makes but sense but i know something that you don't know no stalin is not part of that list i just saw what okay, i'm like I, wait a minute I, what I, I can make a guess because there's like two or three people that are very clearly on that list so, or could be on that list, but I'm yeah, not gonna. I'm know. not gonna go into it anymore. Fuck that. I have a few guesses as to who could be as well. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think I know who your guess is, though. We know two. Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got three. 
I've, I, uh, who do you I'll, say them, I'll, I'll say them afterwards. Uh, yeah, I guess guesses. Oh, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, go for the guesses. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, should I say it? Yeah, okay. Like, I mean, the, yeah. the, the three that are just at the top where it's like it's probably one. Of, it's probably either Elzar, Skier, or Comac. Okay. Fair oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. number one choice is Skier because of all the stuff yeah. that's, all happening, the stuff's happening. One thing I was going to say but, is who do you think that, who do we know of in canon who is on that list? We know Dooku, we know Darth Crawl, and anybody else? In canon, in I don't. Canon. Think I think it's just those else. two at the moment. I don't think Exar Kun or Ula Keldrama have been mentioned. brought up again. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned by name um, at least. Because and Freedom Nad was Sith, pure Sith. Right? Sorry, his name's See, Freedom Nad. Yeah. Freedom Nad. Yeah, it's Freedom Nad was the first one, who, one of the first ones who went. Yeah, because he wasn't even Nad. technically Sith for a long time. Um, the thing is, those guys have to be because the Yavin temples are. And that's the, right. The, yeah that all starts with them and things yeah and that's that's technically all legends and that but that was going to be the one thing i was going to say where it was like the drink you're being trapped on starlight beacon or the primogenitor i can't argue with that too much because that's about as as that makes about as much sense as luke building a uh, jedi temple on top of freedom Nets tomb yeah Yeah. oh my god how could go why are we being haunted why am i losing students oh no why are so many students going evil or kyle katarn (laughs) fuck's sake man Uh, what a guy yeah. All right, there's a lot of weird stuff, and yeah, there are some very strange uh, legend Sith names like Naga Sadao as well. I know Naga Sadao, yeah, weird. yeah, Naga Sadao, Freedom Nad, Sarkoon, no Darth Bane boys. I mean, Bane has a cool name. Tulak Horde, Tulak Horde, the Tulak Horde, Marco Ragnos, yeah, Marco Ragnos, yeah, Dark Treya, Dark Talon. She's in a weird place. That's later. I know. She's grayish. Because you like Dark Talon. Yo, Dark Talon's fucking cool, guys. I, mean, I don't know anything about her. Talon she just looks cool. I mean, I'll give her this. She's literally one of the only two characters Sith and Legacy I, I can bother to remember. I can't remember Whiteface's name. I can't remember Kiss Knockoff's name at all. Um, There's a guy that has like the. It's just like white skin and red eyes. He was and, like, a Tuscan that turned Darth, and then he was. Oh, that, that's Crate. Yeah, that's, that's what Crate. it is. He's yeah, the leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I was like. I can't remember his name. Crate. Excuse you. His name is Asherod Head. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not actually Tuscan, which was weird. Yeah, he was. He was he's raised, raised as a Tuscan. Tuscan. He's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, almost like he's the Boba Fett stuff man. a little bit. Yeah, basically. And uh, he only <laughs> he only tells Anakin that after Anakin tries to fucking kill him. Alrighty. Yeah, legends. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I think overall that does basically wrap up our thoughts. I mean, unless you guys have any last minute things to add in. Uh, no, just want to mention Darth Crawl. Um, yeah, that's about it. Mm. All right, I, and I actually I got confused with him for a bit because I thought he was like evil Vision Skier for a while. Yeah, yeah, or not uh, Skier. Um, uh, was it Skier or did you think uh, Zitar? Because he looks like Zitar. No, I, I thought he was scared because he kind of like it's it's the the weird like not quite reptilian but kind of human face. Yeah, I, the one thing I didn't like is on the cover like when uh, you if you buy like issue number seven variant cover with mm. him on it, he's got the hood up, he looks badass, and you assume mm. he's bald, but he's got this like little like weird like rat. He's got tail, these like, little like horn nubs that. Uh, no, but so he's got like hair like, oh, too. He's got hair too. Oh, I didn't. I didn't yeah, even look at back at it. It looks weird. Okay. Yeah, because I just saw the horn nubs and I was like, oh, it's evil skier, and then like, I kept reading it and I was like, that's not his name. Let me oh, bring it up okay. here. Um... I'll just cut this part out, but I'll, I'll show it to you because it's it's fucking. Mm. I'm, I'm like, he looks awful. <laughs> he looked bad, like bad bad guy. But I was like, he looks mm-hmm. terrible with that choice of hair. Oh yeah. Oh god, he's got the fucking Spock haircut. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking terrible. Ew. He looks like he looks like Strahd going vampire form. A little bit. Like. 
yeah, a lot of it. Ew. Yeah, that's Darth Crawl, guys. Uh, but yeah, that's what he looks like. He looks really weird. He's got like long hair that comes like it's very. It's like imagine like a normal hair, but like it's receding quite like almost like a, a third back onto his head, and then he's got mm -hmm. it grows out and it goes behind in a ponytail. That's essentially what his he, hair is. This looks like XR Kun a bit though. Yeah, like an ugly. He's more alienish, but yeah. he's got the whole the same features and everything. Yeah, like the that. hairline is a little farther back, but yeah, he looks similar. Mm -hmm. Let's look at a picture of him right now. Oh, Exarcoon, the only Sith to not use a red lightsaber. <laughs> and dude, those that blue double blade was a that was a badass so cool. saber, man. Yeah. Like, except uh, afterwards, he just kept using force blast, force blast, force <laughs> blast. I was like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, please. Was, you're supposed to be like the best duelist of your generation, and force blast. I've, I've got, got a, an amulet. Blast them. Did either of you guys ever play the old, old Star Wars miniatures game? No. no. Okay. It used a D20, literally. Like, nice. I, I I was into it hard when I was younger, and I've got Exar Kun as one of those miniatures, and he's doing the fucking, like, one hand out, spinning the other thing. Nice. I've also got Bane in, in the, the poly, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the organic armor. Oh, the mm. Orbalist armor. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it did not right, look like what I thought it would look like. I will yeah, be honest right? when I first read that. <laughs> He's a lot puffier than he yeah. <laughs> I assumed he would look. It's like, oh man, Darth Ben Michelin man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking like it'd be like some almost like a knight armor that he was just trapped yeah. in, right? Darth Crate, Darth Crate was what I for like a, a more badass Darth Crate was what I originally yeah, thought. It of. was just like, no <laughs> shells. My ah. name's Siegfried. <laughs> I am no longer Darth Bane. I am Darth Onion Knight. <laughs> yeah, he looks like that. I'm just looking him up. Like, I, yeah, I assumed his armor was like the one from the Clone Wars when he's in the shadow type thing. Oh, yeah, that one would have been great that... too. <laughs> but that's not organic. That's that's very that's clearly metal, yeah. metal. But he does get them removed, and it's an awesome process. So you should definitely mm -hmm. read those. In fact, you should listen to those because we are now partnered with Audible. Let's mm -hmm. go into that. <laughs> and Ed's going to keep pushing for us to do the Darth Bane books after we do the Thrawn books. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that being said, let's head into the rankings. Welcome to the rankings. As always, when we do this, we are going to give the comic a score out of 10 based off of what we think about it, you know, and compared with all the other stuff that we've been reading so far. Uh, who to start with this time? Ed, let's start with you. This one, I'm giving a 6.5. It was... Okay. It was an interesting read. It was definitely a lot more compelling than the last few novels we've gone over. Mm -hmm. Will I read it again? No, and it's not due to the fault of any of the actual um, main characters. Mm. It's more so just because I can't, I'm already tired of how ridiculous and how, like, how far down the rabbit hole of stupidity that the council and Stalin are going. And it's spreading to other characters, and I've just had enough. Mm. And I know we've been in kind of, like, bouncing around with reading with it. So, like, it infuriates me more, and then I realize it's like, this is pre-everything else, but I'm just like, you were this bad. And mm. now you're kind of this, like, not as bad, but still pretty bad. So it just makes this starting point seem even worse than it would have. Mm -hmm. And it kind of dilutes the rest of the story because I'm just thinking, like, if they had just said yes, if they had just had, if they had helped, if they just did this. Like, there's a lot of frustration in this reading. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I know, and I'm hoping, maybe if I don't know, that it will get better. But it has to. Or it's just things need to change. Or you know what? Just bring on more of the dark. And let's see it. Let's see the let's see Martian pull like go complete, complete 95% power right mm-hmm. now instead of just this weird little 20% here and there. Yeah. And just really obliterate them to the point where they're just like scrambling and realize they have to reorganize some of that. Will that happen yeah. soon? Will we have to wait till the end? Will that coincide with the acolyte? I don't know. But until then, like these are just like it's tie you over reading until it gets the good stuff. We said in half mm-hmm. of these novels, the great stuff doesn't happen until like the last third of the book. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that doesn't mean the entire series is. Yeah, well. let's hope so. Yeah. No, and that's, that's super fair. And honestly, that was something since we mentioned them before that I wouldn't mind seeing Martian start to evolve into like starting to take on a little bit of um, freedom. Ned, his own backstory, right? Like that slowly getting into the dark side stuff at first and mm-hmm. not quite being a Sith, but becoming this Sith acolyte that gets so much power that it starts to go overboard to become, because I'm that I am right, right? Like I, I believe, because I always remember Freedom Net as being like the more evil priest than Sith Lord until he hits that point. They, he had, he had evil leanings, I think, and then when mm. they traveled. Because I think they were lost in space. They just sent them off, and then they eventually landed on Coraline. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, oh, what's going on here? I think. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I seem to remember as well. So hopefully we're, we're both not Mandela affecting at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I might be. I know more about a couple of the others than Freedom. Because mm-hmm. his name was always done. So I was like, Freedom? No, Freedom. <laughs> Oh yeah, stupid. Yeah, see, I still call him. I still call him Freedom because <laughs> it's stuck in my head. But yeah, like I was interested in him because of the stuff that happens with Luke, and then you know they expanded it a bit in the old, old, old Republic. But yeah, and kind of coming from that tangent into my own rating, um, I'm actually exactly with Ed. I'm giving this one a six point five as well, uh, mostly because the starting comic I liked a lot. Keith was really cool. Skier was really cool. And I gave that one a seven, right? And I was looking through the other stuff and it's like, yeah, I, I do feel the same way about this book that I feel about um, Chewbacca or other comics that I gave a 6.5, where it's like, look, it gains points because of Orla and Orbelin. It loses points because of Stellan and just the, I don't understand what's happening here. Mm. It, it's still, we're still in that kind of low point of phase one and kind of same thing as Adam hoping we, it picks up for phase two and we can kind of get out of this slump. But for now, it, it just kind of, it's what I said with the, the Warhammer stuff. It's one step forward, two steps back for me, but yeah, I'm hopeful. I mean, hopefully we can only go up from here, but we'll have to see, I guess. And uh, Dan, how about sorry. you? Oh, sorry. sorry. No, mm. you're totally right. I am an idiot. Um, Nad and Sadao go together like this because Sadao oh. trained Nad, Nad killed oh, Sadao. Yeah. Nad then went to Onderon and ruled mm-hmm. for a whole bunch. That's why his palace is there, and that's what Ulic Keldrova and um, Exar Kun find. That's yeah, Nad okay. stuff. On that's there. right. That's I love right. how much you guys know about this stuff because I'm yeah. like, so yes, yeah. It, and it's interesting yeah. because it you for it. at least for me, it was picking up things from random media, yeah, and then getting into it because the only reason I learned about you know like really getting into uh, Ulik and Exar was the GameCube Clone Wars game because... Were they playable characters? No, but Ulik Keldroma is important in it because uh, Dooku was trying to unearth this dark side 
flying saucer <laughs> called the Life Stealer or something like that. And okay. it's a device that Ulik Keldroma used. Uh... So Anakin has to infiltrate the Life Stealer, where he then comes in, into contact with the holocron of Ulik Keldroma, who talks about himself in Exar Kun and how to defeat it. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. A Jedi who went light, dark, light. I want to learn more. And that's how I learned about Exar Kun and got into the... Nice whole high republic uh high republic, old republic the old republic comics back in the day nice and then from there it was uh you know a little bit more of learning and then being like oh my god he's in the luke stuff too oh yeah let's look into this because i hadn't been reading any of the luke stuff outside of rogue squadron right and so those were then good, being able to yeah yeah they were fun uh back to wars and all that stuff the back mm. to wars was the main one i read but yeah um but yeah all that stuff was really interesting and uh typhara and all that stuff typhara the planet that makes back to the vespinoids i think were the bug guys that made it um all i remember is they make the verpine shatter guns yes, from, uh, yes. Yeah, things that, that are basically bolts like <laughs> yeah horrifying needle guns yeah. <laughs> that hit you and then just shrapnel <laughs> burst out the back like a, a hollow point on steroids yeah you know um, who used to love using one of those Kyle scurata <laughs> <laughs> i won't right. i won't dan you're 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 and then, and then you watch omega squad getting nam flashbacks when the scientist is using one <laughs> yeah anyways we're going on a, on a legacy tangent so dan how about you what is your rating uh i also gave it a 6.5 hey hey it's happened again we're for all, all, all of them yeah. except for today, today we all share the one brain cell if we did it for, <laughs> today there is balance did it for volume one <laughs> volume one of adventures and then volume mm. two of, of the normal series and then mm. Noma gave a little bit higher ranking for Edge of Balance. And I still stick by it. Yeah. I mean, this I, I, all the same reasons you guys gave it. I think I would have given it a little bit higher if we got some more answers, but I think I got some more mm. questions about the leveler. Like, I thought we'd get through a little bit more of that. But that's in the next volume. So uh, it's mm. kind of... I think I gave it a 6.5 a little bit less because it's kind of like two storylines put together, whereas the first volume was like one storyline that didn't quite finish, and we put that in there that's true. to finish that's true. it up. Um, I love the art. I mean, the transition from the first two issues to the last three issues was a little jarring because it's very, mm. very different in art. Very more, um, there's a lot more line work in the uh, yeah, last yeah. three issues, which I loved. I love that issue. Those uh, and, those and art the styles. first issue, it's it's an interesting art style because it looks rough. Yeah, but it has quality in it. Yeah, like there's a yeah, there's a comic that I'm not going to name <laughs> because it is fairly mature i think but it's very interesting and it that first art style reminded me of it a lot it's like a goblin centric uh art style okay. or a comic I'll, I'll tell you guys about it afterwards because it's interesting yeah, yeah but it's very it's very weird yeah um but yeah it, it's got that very interesting quality because it if you look at it you're like oh it's very kind of um like i said it looks kind of rough it looks like the line art's really thick and there's a lot of very kind of um scratchy lines in in how they did the line weight and stuff like that but it's very detailed yeah and so you know that there, it's not like bad uh rough it's I just, good rough in my mind it was like you see the hut in the first two issues and then you see the hut mm -hmm. in like the like the final three issues and you're like whoa the line work on the hut just makes him or makes uh the hut look very like strong it's just very like you're you're at the end of your rope essentially right mm. um so i thought it was really good um yeah, no, it was pretty good. I enjoyed the Rancor stuff, too. That was fun. It was a good jaunt. Uh, I probably won't refer back to it unless we have something come up that kind of goes to that. Uh, but yeah, 6.5 all around, I think, is, uh, is fair. Now let's hit into the outro. 
welcome to the end of this week's episode of Temple Archives. As always, if you've listened this long, thank you very much. We very much appreciate it. And if you have any questions, comments, queries, anything at all that you'd like us to answer for you, we'd love to get in contact with you and hear your thoughts. Ed, would you mind letting the listeners know all the different ways that they can get a hold of us? Absolutely. We've got, first off, our website. We can find a whole bunch of merch, past episodes. Um, that is voiceoftheforce.com. If you want to get to us through email, our email is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. On social media, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Find us at VoiceForcePod. Any retweets, reposts of any episode tweets, funny tweets, anything that we put out helps bring our listener base, and we really do appreciate it. Uh, please listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you do leave a five-star review, uh, honestly, and a comment, it does help with our search visibility, and we really do appreciate that as well. And if you do end up subscribing or following, which is for free at the end, um, you'll get the latest episode to be able to download to your devices as soon as it releases. Thank you, Ed. And remember, if you are ever fighting a scourge of life across the galaxy, it's very important to not actually kill it, because then you won't be able to bring it back in the future. Blood armor. Oh god, that better not be blood armor, because <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. Dun, 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 dun.